You know, before I even get into this message, I just want to continue to encourage you that some of you have been praying for miracles for a long time and family members for a long time. I believe we're going into a new season. And I believe God is going to do some, rock, rock a lot of people's world soon. And I just think the church is, is, needs to wake up and start getting ready for what the next steps are going to be, right? There's things happening. There's things happening in the natural. There's things happening in the supernatural. You feel it. You might not fully understand it, but you feel it, you know it, you know that the season is ripe, the, the harvest is plentiful, this is a season for us to, to really awaken, and I'm gonna tell you right now, it's gonna come through praise and worship and the word. It's not one, it's not the other, but it's firing on all the cylinders, and God sees it, and he hears your cries, and he constantly comes in and rescues his people, but I, I just, it's just been on my heart for a long time. We have to learn how to dwell in his presence and linger in his presence and, and learn how to just worship the Lord in all that we do. Make it a culture of worship, a culture of worship, a culture of prayer, a culture of getting into his word. Don't, don't look at these things as just a service. Don't, don't look at your quiet time at home as just a, uh, just a moment with the Lord. Start looking at it as, a, as more of a, just a way of life, a way of life. So many other religions and so many other faith, people of faith, that are following a God that's not real. They're following false idols and false gods. And they're so de dedicated and devoted to them, they made it part of their culture. We have made it part of our programs. I'm talking very general now, right? So this is not just for one person or one church. I'm saying very generally. We've made it part of our programs. This is what we do, this is how we do it, this is how we do church. I'm saying make it part of your lifestyle. God is real, and we really have to start getting to a point where we really understand that he's, he is real. He is real, and he's for Israel too, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, okay, praise God. Right away people are like, oh, what? Anyway, uh, let's see. So this morning, we're going to be in the book of Acts. Again, Acts chapter 27, and we'll be speaking about overcoming obstacles in our life. Overcoming obstacles in our life. And one of my favorite sayings is from Charles Swindoll, who said, we're all faced with a series of great opportunities brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. And from the onset of this message, I'd just like to remind us that we are going to face trials. We are gonna face hard times. We are going to face obstacles. But don't let that discourage you because we serve a big God, a mighty God, a strong God who could overcome any obstacle that you might have in your life. You need to get that in your core, right? You need to get that in your core. And, and he could overcome any obstacle that the devil throws your way, any obstacle that world and worldliness wants to come your way. He could overcome that. Jesus says in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me, in Christ Jesus, in me, you might have peace, right? Um, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. And regardless of what obstacles we might be going through and you might be going through, whatever obstacles that you might be facing uh, in life, 
knowing that God is with us and that he is for us, that he has overcome the world, that should be very comforting for us. But there are times that we look at the world and we look at the circumstances that are happening around us and, and COVID and war and tragedy. We see hardship, right? We see all these things happening in Russia and then there's China and then there's all these other things, murder, and then people who just seem to be so out of control and off track. Um, that doesn't necessarily give us peace or comfort when we see those things. And with inflation being up and markets being down and so many problems in our country and really around the world before us, it's easy to quit. It's easy to give up. It's easy to be discouraged and focus on the wrong things, to focus on your problems. It's easy to say, where is God in all of this, right? And blame God for all our problems and all our woes. It's so easy to just say, I'm done with him. It's all his fault. But you see, our peace does not come from the devil. Our peace does not come from worldliness. Our peace comes from God. And so in spite of what you're going through today or tomorrow or in the future, hold on to the words of God. Hold on to the promises of God. Hold on to the peace of God and place your faith and trust in him and him alone and he will be with you. He will guide you. He will help you through uh, the hard times. Stay faithful to him, church. God's love and peace will transform our thinking and our understanding if we allow him to. If we focus on our problems all the time instead of focusing on God all the time, it'll often, you'll often be confused. You'll often lose hope. You'll lose your peace. It will derail you. It can take you off track. It can take you off mission. It will hinder your worship and it will hinder your outlook of things. Don't let the enemy take away your joy, right? Don't let the enemy Take away your joy. Don't let obstacles of life stop you from ministering and serving uh, God and his kingdom. And when you lean on God, when you lean on God and hear his words and believe his promises, and right, your, per- your perspective starts, starts to change. Your thinking starts to change. Your focus starts to change. The atmosphere starts to change because um, we're looking to God instead of looking to man. We're looking to God instead of looking at our circumstances. And you know that your future is in his hands. He holds your future in his hands. And that's a really good place to be. And this, I think, is where we might find Paul today as we're reading the scriptures today, trusting the Lord in the midst of the storms that he's in, but he hears from God. And he places his confidence in God and his words. He stays on mission, and lives are saved and transformed by the power of God Almighty. I think this is where many of us need to be today, to a place where we hear from God. And no matter what we see through our natural eyes, we stay steady, we stay stable, we stay secure in him, knowing that we are doing the will of Father God, and we trust him and his ways and his words. He'll take us through the storm. He'll take us through the hard times. He'll take us through our obstacles. He'll take us to the other side, and, and we will be victorious. We are victorious already, in fact, but, but we will be victorious for sure. So let's read more of this uh, in Acts chapter 27, beginning at verse 13. Now that I just had you seat, seated, now stand just for another moment or two and shake your legs and, and, and get ready a little bit. Um, we're gonna begin at verse 13. Verse 13, all right? Verse 13, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought that, that they have obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor, which li- they lifted it up, and they sailed along the store of, 
the shore of Crete. But before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island, and the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it, and we were driven along. Verse 18. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On that day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither the sun nor the stars appeared for them for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Father God, bless this word. And bless all that's said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I think this is what happens often in life. Things seem to be okay. Things just seem to be okay. Things are going as planned, as we like it. A gentle wind is blowing and moving us along. A gentle wind is blowing and it's in your favor, right? And you start to just sit back and you start to just sail away and life is good and you start just uh, to enjoy the fruit of your labor, your fruit of your hard work, enjoying the trips and enjoying uh, the ocean breeze, right? Just enjoying life, enjoying the next season. But before very long, some things start happening. Things start changing and that, and that, gr- that gentle breeze starts turning into a little bit more aggressive breeze, right? And then it turns into a hurricane force wind. Scripture calls it here a northeaster, which is a powerful storm and they're swept away. And if we're not careful, in our life and our walk with God, we can easily, very easily be swept away uh, with our good life, with our wealth, with our 401Ks, with our IRAs, with our homes and our jobs and all, all the comforts of life. And, and, you, and you have a list of things that you delight in and maybe you put your faith and trust in as well. Uh, but, but the Bible gives us a lot of warnings. In Proverbs 6, verse 10 through 11, it says a little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Poverty will come on you like a bandit, scarcity like an armed man. Proverbs 23, four and five, do not wear yourself out, says to get rich. Have wisdom to show restraint. Cast but a glance at riches, they're gone, for they are surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. When some storms hit us hard, and it keeps raging, and things begin to break apart, and things begin to fall apart, we can very easily lose heart. But Jesus says, take courage. Take heart, take courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 33 and 34, but seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you or given unto you, right, as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble in of itself, trouble of its own. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Hallelujah. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And the answer is, we are more valuable. You are more valuable. You are more valuable, right? Uh, We can't add a single hour 
uh, to our life by worrying. Now, I know pet lovers, right? We have pet lovers here. They, at times, value maybe their animals and their pets more than, than, than humans. We'll put them on the same plane. I, I get that. But, but it's not that way in God's eyes. He's made us special. He made humans special in the image of God, and he loves us greatly. And we are to seek him, it says, first. Seek him first. Seek his kingdom first. And then the word says he will take care of us and, and, uh, and uh, t- take care of all our needs according to his riches in uh, Christ Jesus. And never forget that he's rich. He's powerful. He's mighty. He's a good God who knows all things, who sees all things. I don't know if we get that at times. That's just what I, I want you to get that. I don't know that we get it. I don't know that we fully comprehend. He's a mighty God. He's a strong God. He, he knows all things. He sees all things. He's capable of backing up every one of his words. The world will tell you not true. But the book, this Bible, this Holy Scriptures is true. And God can back up every one of his promises. As we learn more about Paul's obstacles and, and, and adventures here as he heads to Rome, I want to say it's important for us to understand, number one, obstacles and troubles. Obstacles and troubles will come our way. Obstacles and troubles will come our way. You need to understand that. Let me give you some background here of what's happening here, and I'm just going to jot down a couple of chapters as we go along, take notes or, or not, or just keep it in your head however you want to do it. I, I think we should be taking some notes uh, just as a good practice, but that's just me. Um, in Acts 21, Paul's arrested. We learned that he's brought up on false charges. And just like Stephen, in the earlier chapters, the crowd goes wild and the crowd wants to kill him. And, and, and we see that a riot breaks out and they start beating Paul. Obstacles and troubles will come our way. If it wasn't for the police of that day, uh, the soldiers, the police of that day, the religious people of that day would have killed Paul for sure. And let me just say this too. Um, this idea that all police is bad and close all the police departments and close all the military and all that stuff, I personally think is just foolish talk. Um, I get there's bad apples in every organization and there's bad apples in, in those uh, organizations as well, but I think life is... Uh, if you think life is better off by closing uh, our police departments and, and shutting down a lot of these different things, uh, removing our military and all this and the forces, just, just wait until the next time you're attacked. Uh, just wait until you call 911 and it takes two hours for people to get there. Just wait when there's a fire or some kind of emergency service and, and no one shows up. And, and you might say, well, that's happening now already. Yeah, that's true. It's happening because, but because we, have, we have negatively condemned, we have condemned a lot of these organizations and, 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 and that should be a warning to us that yes, this stuff is deteriorating and breaking down and we're not better for it as a society, we're not. Um, and it's gonna cause those who have money and those who can organize people to self-police and to preserve their own communities and lives and if you're not part of that group, you're gonna be left out for sure. It's gonna happen, it's actually happening already. I've heard there's a section in, in New York City that they're already hired, the wealthy has already hired to patrol a particular block. And it's gonna happen more and, and more and more. And if, you, if you're not careful, if you're not concerned about it, uh, just wait until it comes to a neighborhood by you and you most certainly have a different opinion when you're calling and ringing and nobody's coming to help you. Obstacles and troubles will come your way. And when it does, it's gonna be great to know that help is on its way. 
Paul's life is spared, but he's not out of trouble yet. He's going to be flogged by these soldiers, and now in Acts 22, Paul starts to speak to the crowds. He gives his testimony, and it actually also, uh, which was included in, in Acts 9, the Damascus Road experience, where he receives Jesus as his Lord and Savior. By the way, we also see that again, that's a third time in Acts 26, Paul gives his testimony again, and I think there's something about this that we all need to understand about a testimony. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you ought to have a testimony. And not only have a testimony, you ought to be sharing that testimony. And Paul's testimony is repeated again at least three times in Scripture, revealing how important that Scripture that personal testimony is not only for Paul, but for us who are reading it and learning about it. Your testimony, I believe, is key to evangelizing as well. So one might say even more important than this, because I'm talking mostly to saints of God. You need to go out there in the streets and the highway and be sharing your testimony on a regular basis. T sharing the testimony is key to evangelizing. You simply tell the story, your story, not my story, not her story, your story of how the Lord touched you, heart and soul, and changed your life. It's not every detail of your life. Don't, don't misunderstand that story, right? You're pointing people to who? To Jesus, while telling them about your life journey, how you received the Lord, how your life was changed, how things changed for you. And some people, like Paul, might then have a bright light experience, an audible voice experience, which leads to them receiving Christ Jesus. Or some might have a quiet inner voice experience. Others might hear a preacher or a parent or you giving your testimony or something, right? Sometimes uh, it, it can come in, uh, sometimes in a dream. God's talking to you in a dream. Sometimes it might happen simply because you're crying out to God because you're in the middle of a storm. You're in the middle of a 911 experience. Remember, during 911, churches were filled. People were crying out to God. Maybe a war would take you to get on your knees and press in more, right? Maybe some kind of extreme obstacle has to come your way, and you're being overcome by it before you turn to Jesus. But when you pause, when you listen and pray, right, when you do this and receive Jesus, you're simply invite, repenting for your sins and inviting him into your heart to be the Lord of your life. And when you do that, you immediately start having a life-changing experience. You might not even fully understand it, but something changed when you dedicate and devote your life unto Christ Jesus. It's personal. It's personal. It's your story. And nobody can take that away from you, yet they will try. They will say, nah, that really didn't happen to you. Oh, those experiences weren't real. Oh, you were making that up in your mind. Oh, oh, you've been on some kind of trip. But once you experience a holy God for yourself, once you truly experience a holy God, and, and, that, and you have that personal experience, right, everything changes. Everything changes. And then you truly taste and see that the Lord is good. That's where we need to get. Truly experience that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good until you have that experience. I start questioning your walk with God. I do. When that happens, you'll be on fire for the Lord. When that happens, nobody's gonna change your mind and take it away from you. Remember your salvation story. Remember how the Lord rescued you 
Remember the why you're a believer. Remember the why you have been called. Remember the why you're doing ministry. Remember the why his church is important. Remember the why. Remember his words. Remember that moment that you're saved. Remember the why. And when your faith is running weak and you're running dry and your problems are running high, remember the Lord is with you. He loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's gonna be with you. And he hears the cries of his people. By the way, he even hears the cries of the non-believer. And a lot of times he'll rescue them as well. And a lot of times they're living and breathing because he's given them opportunities. They just don't understand it, right? Because why? The Lord came on a rescue mission. He came to seek and save those who are lost, right? Those who are hurting, right? That's why. He wants them to be part of the community of God. He doesn't want them to be walking around wounded and hurt. That's not what he has for them. That's not what he wants for them. He wants the best for us. We just don't believe that because we have a negative thinking about so many things. Prosperity, he's talking about prosperity again. Shut him down. No, I'm not. I'm saying that God wants to bless you. All through scripture, you'll see this. But that doesn't mean we won't have trials and hard times. Now, they don't like what Paul is saying here, so they flogged him, they questioned him, they flogged him some more, and the Roman soldiers and Paul, well, I guess he's being questioned by the Roman soldiers, so now what what happens is Paul's not gonna question him and say, is it legal for you to flog Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? That reference is Acts 22, 25, and the answer is no. No, no, it's not legal for what they were doing. What they were doing was illegal, and yet it was, it was happening. Obstacles and troubles are gonna come your way. You need to understand that. Now, the flogging, just for those who wanna know, is a form of punishment, and they would take a, a stick or a whip or a reed, on your, usually on your naked back, and they would beat you. They would beat you. Very painful. It was meant to cause pain. To, to, to make that pain come forth in your mind before you do something stupid, before you do another type of crime. But here's the hypocrisy of the whole situation here. It was wrong for the religious leaders to do what they did. They falsely accused Paul, and now Paul, it gets beat. And then what happens is they get no punishment for their crime. They get no punishment for mistreating Paul and, and having him beat. And now it's in fact illegal for what the government's doing. You know, our government's not, might have been brought in by God in a sense, but they're not always doing what's right. And it's illegal now for the, this Roman soldier to flog another Roman soldier without a trial. And so this, this soldier's now greatly concerned, and he goes to his commander about what Paul just, what's happening here with Paul. And now the commander questions Paul's citizenship and says, hey, listen, I purchased my citizenship and it was very, very costly for me to do this. What about you? How did you all of a sudden get your citizenship, your Roman citizenship here? And Paul's response says, I'm not only a Jew, but I was born a Roman citizen. And so the soldiers withdrew from flogging and withdrew from asking questions. Now, one might think since Paul is not guilty that Paul would have just been released, right? But that's not the case. Throughout scripture, we see that God's people have been beaten, they have been enslaved, they have been tortured, they have been placed in prison for crimes that they've never committed, right? Others have been killed 
for, for their belief in Christ Jesus as well. But this doesn't mean that, that, God has, that God wanted all of this to happen. This doesn't mean that God has forgotten about Paul and these other people. God sees the persecution and God gets the final word and he's gonna reward them one day greatly, whether on earth or it is in heaven. They will be re rewarded by God himself for their faithfulness to his cause. Not, not, if, not for the problems or, or, the, or, the, or the trials that they created for themselves. That's what we're talking about. But when you're pers persecuted for God's sake, he will reward you for his namesake. Amen. And blessings will follow. Re whenever you're rewarded by God, you will be blessed beyond your understanding. Now, over the next few chapters, we see the story progressing. But again, obstacles and troubles will come our way. Acts 23, we learned that Paul was, and I encourage you to go back into the book of Acts. I know I go through the book of Acts at least once a year, but most often, I go through the book of Acts several times a year. Because it's just amazing to see what's happening through that book, and we are living in that time. Acts 23, uh, we learned that Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. His father was a Pharisee as well, and the Pharisees believed in angels and the spirit realm. And the Sadducees did not believe in those things. And what, what I always say, and that's why they were Sadducee, right? And so, I didn't create that, we know that, but anyway, you know, just, uh, anyway. So we see another debate breaks out. We see the arguments start breaking out, right? Now in Acts 24, and I'm ripping through this book. Look, at you. It, we're going through it quickly, but you need to read it for yourself. Acts 24, we learned that Paul was still imprisoned two more years for crimes that he's never committed. Acts 25, Paul appeals to, to Caesar. Let's read that. Acts 25, verse 11 says, if, however, I'm, I'm guilty of doing anything deserving death, I do not refuse to die. If Paul did something wrong deserving death, he's ready to die. But if the charge is brought against me by these Jews, by these religious leaders, by these officials, these people are doing this stuff, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. I'm a Roman citizen, and I understand the laws of the land. I appeal to Caesar. And after Phetus had confirmed uh, with his counsel, he declared, you have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you go. Now, while obstacles and troubles will come our way, the Lord can take our obstacles and our troubles and give us the victory. The Lord can take our obstacles and our troubles and give us the victory. So I think what's happening in, in, in churches across America, they have lost the victory of the cross. They have lost the victory of, of their salvation, they have lost the, they have not seen the miracles and the healings and the miraculous done at levels that they want and they got jaded. You are victorious in Christ Jesus, but you go through obstacles. Church, start changing the way you think and start changing the way you th talk. We are victorious in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. And the church says, amen. We won't even open our mouth at times at the levels to praise and worship and be in agreement. We have a negative mindset on these things. And I think until it changes, a lot of stuff in your own life and the personal junk that you have and all these other things are not gonna change. Because we're not changing our thinking, we're not changing our mindset, and there's a stubbornness inside churches across America. I don't wanna say in this church, 
But I do want to say in this church too, because you know who you are, and you know there's times that you're being stubborn. Open your mouth, worship the Lord. Open your mouth and be in agreement. Open your mouth and give your testimony. In Acts chapter 26, we get some more details about Paul and his Damascus Road experience. In verse 15, Paul says, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of, of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. This is all about moving us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. Embrace this, understand that. So why they might receive forgiveness of their sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. When we go from darkness to light and we put our faith and trust in God and Christ, right, the Messiah, we become born again believers, we become saved. Verse 19, so then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and all Judea, and to the Gentiles also, I preached that they should repent, turn to God, and prove their repentance by their deeds. Paul has persecuted many people before becoming a Christian. Now Paul suffered much for the Lord after he becomes a Christian. And the, even though he does good works unto God, he still faces hard times. But now things are different. He works for God, not himself. And all glory and honor goes to God, hallelujah. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, good works, good works should follow you. You're not saved by your works, but you're saved through the blood of the Lamb. You're not, you're, you're, you're saved by placing your faith in, 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 and trust in Jesus Christ, who's the anointed one, who's the Messiah. And once saved, good works should follow you. Now, Paul's facing obstacles after obstacles, and it's going to get worse, and that's why I want to make this point very clear. Obstacles and trials do not always mean that you're out of the will of God. And it does not mean that you, that you are also going down the wrong road or taking the wrong, the wrong track or you made a wrong turn. The Lord can take our obstacles and our, and our troubles and our trials and turn it around so that you are victorious. Now storms are gonna come in life and they're gonna come and go, but God wants you to remain faithful to him. I believe that. Trust his words. Even when you're going through the storms in your life, Trust his words. We all go through storms and we need to help and embrace each other and encourage each other when you're going through storms. And if you don't have a storm and I have a storm, encourage me. And if, and, if I'm, and if I'm not in a storm and you are, I want to encourage you. The church, the body of believers should be encouraging one another and helping us live a righteous, moral, pure life, a victorious life in Christ Jesus. You are the victor. Hold on to the promises of God. Claim them every day. I am victorious. I am victorious. I am a child of the king. I am a child of the king. I will be with him forever and ever and ever. The Lord can take our obstacles and our troubles 
and give you the victory. Acts 27, Paul's a prisoner. He's heading to Rome with the other prisoners and, and the trip was a dangerous one, especially during that time of the year. And so Paul wants to give them, so, so Paul warns them here in verse 10, man, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and to the cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of someone else, followed the advice of the pilot, followed the advice of the owner of the ship. Money, chase the money, right? Since the harbor was unsuitable to, to winter in, the majority ruled. The majority decided that, it would, that they would sail on hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. Now again, more obstacles are coming Paul's way. But this time it's not because of something that he said, right? Here, the men, the centurion, the the captain, the the majority said he's wrong. We're not gonna listen to him. And so they didn't listen to Paul's wisdom and, and warning, and so they suffered greatly because of that. I hope that when you speak the wisdom of God, the people listen to you. But if not, so often they will suffer the consequences of rejecting that word. So the trip starts off well, but over time it got worse and worse and worse and they found themselves in the middle of a great storm and that's what happens so often to us. Things are well and then things go bad. It was a violent storm and they basically started off, uh, started throwing over everything overboard. They put ropes over the boat, maybe on top of the boat, depends how it's rendered, but, but they were trying to keep the boat together. They didn't eat for days. They thought they were all gonna die and they were hopeless. We get to a point in life where we just think we're gonna die and we're hopeless, but God. But God steps in or God brings in a preacher or God brings in a a, a worker for, for him and comes in and brings you truth. Now, Paul steps in here and he goes, see, I told you so. <laughs> now, you gotta love this guy, Paul, right? Sometimes I just like, Paul, really? Um, it's not helpful at the moment to tell us that, look, you told us so and now we're gonna die, right? But one thing that I love that Paul does, he speaks truth, but it just doesn't leave you hanging there, right? He also speaks life into the situation. And the Lord can take obstacles and trouble and give you victory. Let's read about it, and let's read about this. Acts 27, beginning at verse 21. And after the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you, have, you should have taken my advice, not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself the damage and the financial losses. But now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will, will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God, whose I, who, whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So stay encouraged. Keep up your courage, men. For I have faith in God. I love this. That it will happen just as he told me. It will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. But you know what? Circle those words. It will happen exactly like God said it. Exactly. These scriptures are going to come alive. And they're going to come alive exactly like God has uh, rendered it. So Paul's basically saying, listen, I've heard from God. I've heard from the angel of God last night. We're going to crash. We're going to be destroyed. Our, our boat's going to be destroyed. But you follow my instructions. Follow my instructions. He encouraged them. And they will live, right? And we ought to do the same. Obey God's words. 
Obey God's words. Obey God's words. And then be a godly encouragement to others. You first obey God's words. And be a godly encouragement to others. Uh, Paul says, well, we're going to be shipwrecked and we're going to end up on some kind of island. I have to make it to Rome and I have to make it to the trial. I, I, I got to get before Caesar. Stay encouraged. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what the prophet is saying. And you live. Now, regardless if Paul was free or enslaved, uh, once he saved, he turned his life over to the Lord. And he, his testimony continued to point people to Jesus. And his words were filled with life. Now, one thing, when you're going through a short trial, maybe a day, a few hours, a day or so, you think, hey, I can handle it on my own, and, and, and maybe somewhat, but, but I'll tell you this. Give your problems and woes over to God. But this was a violent storm that they find themselves in. This storm lasted 14 nights, and they were still being tossed around. 14 days without food, and Paul's telling them, say, eat something, live. You know, your Bible gives us some, this, this Bible gives us some practical tools for living, I, I don't know if you just noticed that, but it's not just theory. This is not a theory class. This is practical living class here, right? Uh, not just for eternity with God in heaven, but for earth below and for these flesh, earthly bodies. Eat something, right? Eat something. Be encouraged and live. Paul's saying, you're gonna need this food for the next part of your journey. And not one, not one single hair on your head will be lost. So Paul prays. He pauses, he prays, bless the food they ate. And the Bible makes notation, 276 people on board, including Paul. And they ate, and they're encouraged. When we listen to the voice of God, and we start chewing on the voice of God, and we enter into his presence, you'll, you'll be encouraged in the midst of your storm. So when you're feeling depressed, and I don't want to get out of bed, and woe is me, start worshiping the Lord. When you're feeling blue, get up and worship the Lord. And if you're so sick and tired of being sick and tired and you can't really get up at the moment, then just worship the Lord in your mind. But I will tell you, a lot of times, I'm not a, this is not medical advice, this is godly advice. A lot of times, get up, eat something, and worship the Lord. The Lord can take our obstacles and our trials and our struggles and give us the victory. The next day the ship crashed and the boat was destroyed and they all lived and they made it to, to safely to the island of Malta. Uh, now, Acts 28 happens to be the last chapter in the book of Acts, but it isn't the end of the story. Paul has an assignment on this island of Malta and we'll read about it in a moment, but we also know that Paul's going to end up in Rome. And I think it's also very important to understand here that while the book of Acts, and I want you to get this, the book of Acts covers about 30 years of church history. So don't let these uh, sensationists think that it was only like two days of the day of Pentecost and it was two days. This is 30 days, uh, 30 years of the book of Acts taking place. This wasn't just like, oh, the Holy Ghost moved for like one day and a great thing took place and the church grew by uh, 3,000 people. No, this was over a 30-year period of time where the Holy Ghost is moving. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is moving during this time. Right, this early church history, you gotta get that. It's a long period of time. Some people wanna just like close the book and close the miracles and say everything just stopped. But the book is still open. It's still open without ending. The book of Acts is an open book without ending, meaning that we're still in the church age, still living in the church age. 
What's happening is a scripture is not being rewritten again. It's not being added to. We're not adding to the Bible. We're adding to church history. We're adding to the works of the disciples. You should be adding to the, to the historical works of what's happening in history. The works of God and the works of the Holy Spirit still lives in us and works through us and through those who remain faithful and they are gonna be victorious in the end as they live by faith. The Lord can take obstacles and, and troubles and give you the victory. Now Paul and other passages and prisoners are shown kindness by the people of Malta. So they, so they make them a fire and it was cold and it was raining and the people are welcomed there and welcomed everyone with Paul and, and that was on the ship. But, but again, Paul's woes, his, the, the, the obstacles, they're not over yet. So Paul, being Paul, wants to help out. Listen, Paul was a doer. Paul was a worker, right? Paul's a doer. So he's like, hey, listen, appreciate the fire. Thank you so much. But I'm going to get some wood. And he's going to start helping with getting some piece of wood. And guess what? In his help, he's bit by a viper. It bit him on the hand and it fastens to his hand. I also just want you to see that Paul was a type of leader that got his hands dirty. He got involved. He got in the trenches. But he gets bit by a viper. And the people saw this, and they said, murderer, you're a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, justice, one of their gods, justice has not allowed them, had, had allowed him to live. Now, isn't that what people do today so often? They, they, they come before obstacles, they come before hard times, and they say, door is closed. Oh, that door's not open for you. God must have closed that door. Hard times are your way. You must be going, son, in the wrong direction. You, you, daughter, you must be going in the wrong direction. Obstacles and obstacles are getting in your way. Really? Haven't we learned anything from Scripture over the years of reading it? Hard times, roadblocks, obstacles. Maybe, maybe God is telling you, go another way. But I say pause and pray. Ask for wisdom discernment, direction, because maybe it's the devil trying to derail you. Maybe it's the devil that's trying to take you off mission. Maybe you're exactly where God wants you to be and the devil's trying to steal your joy and, and take you off mission. When you're blocked, when obstacles get in your way, start asking God questions, such as, am I running from God's calling or running towards it? Did I even hear from God before I set out on my journey? Did I even ask God to bless this trip before I set out? Did I, did I, did I hear from God before, before I started to enter into my calling? More than one time, Paul heard from God on this journey. But before he even went to take this journey, he was to go to Rome. He was to, to stand before Caesar and stand trial. And Paul was being obedient and faithful to his call, and he was heading to Rome. And so with all these obstacles, they probably were a nuisance at some level. A painful one for sure, right? But Paul's victorious. He shakes off the snake bite, and he puts that viper that right back into the fire where it came from, and he continues being Paul with no ill effects. The Lord can take our obstacles and our trials and our struggles and make us victorious. Now, I'll tell you, I recently watched some kind of TV show with vipers and rattlesnakes. Uh, I do that every once in a while. I don't know why. Um, it wasn't actually smart to do because now I'm even more caref careful and watchful when I'm walking 
on the, in the woods or taking a hike. Let me tell you something. I don't know this from experience, but I watched that show and a viper bite is not pleasant. It's not pleasant. You can lose your life. You can lose your limb. Um, those bites are nasty and painful. And the people on Malta, they expected Paul, his body, to swell up and to die. But nothing happened. So they watched some more and they waited some more. Nothing happened. So they watched some more and, 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 and waited some more. And Paul's probably just like, hey, hallelujah, he's all joyful doing things. And, and they're like, what, what's happening here, right? And this is how fast people change their mind. First they thought he was a murderer and he deserved to die. And then he thinks he was, he's a god and they, and they want to bless him because nothing happened during this snake bite. But in all these um, trials and circumstances, right, Paul goes through, God is still in control. And while we're eventually, he will eventually make it to Rome, God has some other plans. God has some divine appointments for Paul and the folks on the island. And you see the chief official of the land, his father was very sick. He had fever. He had a dysentery infection. And so what Paul's going to do is Paul's going to pray for him. And then Paul's going to lay hands on him. And then the miraculous healed. Lord's going to take these obstacles and trials. And we're going to be victorious. As we start praying and laying hands on people and following scripture, I believe the miraculous is going to start taking place. Church, I'm not going to get into all this now. You know, James talks about processes. But, but even though he talks about the elders and these processes and calling upon them, we are all... We are all to be use our, using our gifts from God. And we need to start exercising these things in faith. Paul prayed, Paul laid hands on them, and the miraculous took place. Then Paul goes on and heals the rest of the people on the island. It's incredible. But you know, Paul could have been so frustrated by all of this, all the obstacles, all the problems, right? He could have just quit, he could have just given up, but he trusts God. He trusts God. He spends time with God. He hears from God. And that makes all the difference in one's life. He heard trusted and obeyed whenever we go through hard times start asking questions ask the lord what lessons can i learn from this what can i learn from this lord what is it that you want me to do what is it that you want me to know who can i help during this obstacle during this trial paul's falsely accused of the crimes he didn't do he's imprisoned he's shipwrecked right he's bitten by a viper he's called names murderer his calling was possibly questioned and while others might believe that Paul was going in the wrong direction, Paul was right in the center of where God wanted him to be, right in the center and the purposes for his life. Isn't this where we all really, in our inner being, really should want, what we really should desire? To be right where God wants us to be, right in the center of his will, right in the center of the action. I know that's where I want to be. Safety and security is not meant for the Christian. Too many of us got too comfortable with safety and security. Um, I, I don't believe that's for us. That's not the end goal, I can tell you that. That might be our goal that we want for our family and friends, but really, that's not the goal. The goal is for us to walk the walk that Christ has called us to walk wherever it takes us, and we have to be saints of God and believers even through good times and hard times. Lord, speak to us. Lord, speak to us. Now, I'm not saying go look for trouble, right? Don't hear that either. Well, don't take chances because you think you're in God, the center of God's will all the time and, and you can't be touched. Don't do that either. Especially, don't be random about your next steps. There are consequences to our actions. Uh, some are good, some are bad. Don't jump off a plane without a parachute. That, that's dumb. 
And that will be the last stunt you probably do. Don't cross the street without looking left and right. Don't cross the street being blindfolded either. Don't do that because if you do that enough times, you're going to die. And if you don't die, you're going to get all banged up and mangled. You don't need those headaches, right? There are many times in life we simply create our own problems, right? The choices we make, the relationships that we stay in, the people that we allow to derail us, even good people, even godly things can take us off track and off mission if we're not careful. Not everything good or godly was meant for you to do today. You'll, you'll, you'll understand this more as time goes along. We often make so many decisions without consulting God. And then we spend many years trying to correct that mistake. And some people get themselves in so many deep troubles and they never seem to get out of it. But the Lord can take our obstacles and our trials and give us the victory. He can turn, he's the God of second chances, he can turn things around. Years ago I heard a story, <clears throat> and I can't remember who, who told it or where I heard it, but it goes something like this, that these geese were going south for the winter, right, because it was cold here and they're going south to, to get warmed up, and one re- rebellious goose didn't listen to the father's instructions and didn't listen to his family's warnings, right, and he stayed behind, and over time he starts getting, he starts being confronted with all these other obstacles, right, it starts getting colder and colder and the food becomes scarce and he's getting harder to find uh, his way and he starts thinking, I made a mistake. I should have listened to my father. I should have listened to my family. I should have listened to the warnings and the signs that were given to me. And and so he has a change of heart and he starts going, uh, flying south for the winter and he waits too long and the weather starts changing and, and he ends up smack in the middle of a blizzard. But he was determined to do what's right now. So he just starts flying harder and harder and harder but the snow starts coming down harder and harder. And so the longer he flew, and the longer he flapped those wings, the more snow and ice started to build on, on it. And he got tired, and he was alone. He couldn't fly any longer, so he crashed lands into the middle of this open field where there was more snow and deeper snow and more, more obstacles and trials were gonna come his way. And he gets stuck now in the snow, unable to move, tired, cold, alone. He's left to die. And now a cow comes along and takes a dump on him. Uh, You don't do this on Sunday morning, but hey, he comes along and he takes a dump on him, right? And I'll explain that more if you you don't understand that, but the goose is really angry. The goose is really, you know, he's in a bad situation right now. He now knows that he messed up. It's his fault he messed up. He knows he's freezing. He knows he's dying. A cow jumps on him or or takes a dump on him and it really stinks. (laughs) All right. And he's so depressed and he's dying. But before long, he realizes that that dump was beneficial to him. It was warm, exactly. Someone's tracking with me. It starts melting, it starts melting the ice and the snow around it and the wings start flapping again, right? It starts making noise. This goose starts getting excited, right? He starts chirping and tweeting and all these other things, making so much noise and start flapping the wings. He starts getting his attention of a cat. Now the cat comes along and starts to dig out this goose. And the goose finally thinks, help is here, help has arrived, this is good, I'm going to be freed. Before he knows it, this cat starts trying to attack him. Now I'm gonna stop there for a moment and you decide how that story ends. You decide if the cat killed the goose or the goose gets away. Um, But let me just tell you this, there's some lessons that we learn as we go through obstacles in life. Some of the troubles that we find ourselves in is because we don't listen to the warnings that were given. 
by us, by God, I should say, by others. God is constantly trying to get your attention, but so often we're constantly not listening. And sometimes we must realize that everyone who dumps on us is not our enemy. Not everybody who dumps on you is your enemy. They can be trying to help you. They can be trying to help you get out of trouble. And it might not always seem that way. We know there's people here that we've been trying and trying and trying to help them, but they take it as we're, we're, we're dumping on them. But mainly we're trying to bring them to another level. So embrace the help. And not everyone who gets you out of trouble is your friend either. So many people have an agenda in life. And they have an agenda, a personal agenda. In some cases, they're going to give you things that, that you ought not to have. They're not going to stop you from doing things that you ought to be stopped doing, right? And eventually, it's going to lead to make you sick or make you even die. And finally, when you're going through some struggles and hard times in life, stop complaining and making so much noise and fuss. It usually doesn't help your cause, but sometimes, or maybe often, it makes the situation a lot worse. Now, when we take this story and, and look at it through a God's lens, we learn that the Lord can take our obstacles and, and troubles and, and, and give us the victory. He's constantly reaching out to us, constantly trying to get our attention, and not all obstacles and challenges are bad. But regardless of what we face in life, the Lord's ways are always best. He loves us, right? He loves us. His ways bring life. And even though we will face trials, he tells us that. He will help us. He will be with us. He will guide us. You must trust his ways and ask him. It's, it's, a, it's a relationship, it's a partnership. Ask him for guidance and help. Going astray, staying alone, staying isolated, staying away from church and, 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 the, and the, the faith and the believers, and, and it, it, you're being disobedient when you do that. So many times we go through hard times and you know, you're like, where's that person? Where did that person go? Where did these people go? And you realize, oh, they're facing hard times. So you call and you reach out and you try to help them, but they want nothing to do with the church. They want nothing to do with leadership. They want nothing to do with the saints of God. That's exactly when you need help. That's exactly who you should be going to. Yes, go to Christ. Go to Jesus. But he's also saying, go to the family of God. Go to the church. I know there's so many corruptions across the world. I get that. But we have to stop making an excuse why we're not doing what God told us to do. We're being disobedient, and there's always consequences to sin. Sin will always stay around longer than you want it to stay around. Always. It's always going to take you further than you want to go, and it's always going to stay longer than you want it to stay around. And you're left in that situation too long, you will be banged up and possibly die. And while many people choose Christ, and I'm thankful for it, many more choose death. Many more choose to reject Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They reject his word, his wisdom, his ways. But our job as believers, I think, is basically twofold. We, to overcome obstacles of life, and, and we will help others in the process. So number one, number one, go deeper with God. Stay in his presence. Be obedient to his words. Go deeper with God. And secondly, point other people to Jesus. You point them through your word, your deeds, your actions, and this includes giving of your testimony, uh, which no one can really take away from you, right? They can't take that away from you. And then I say rinse and repeat. Do it over and over again for as long as you can do. Get closer to God and help as many people as you can help to get closer to God. How simple is that? That's our job. That's our mission. Go make disciples. Who makes disciples? 
That's our mission. This is evangelism 101, right? Tell them about Jesus using words and modeling Christ in the process. Model Christ uh, with your life, your love, and your liberty. Model Christ in, your, in everything you do. And as you do these things, God will, will reveal more and more of himself to you. And you will start making, I believe, less and less mistakes. I truly believe this. Why? Because his words are true. His words are true. And they're not gonna lead you astray. And when you find yourself in trouble, when you end up in the middle of a storm, when you're following his words and his ways and you're being obedient to it, there's no reason to fear. Why? Because he got, he got your back and he will back up his words. When you know who he is, he holds your future. When you know you're following the, the words and ways of God and that he's called you there and he called you on the assignment, wherever it is, wherever he, wherever he wants you to go, he will get you there. He will bring you through the storm. He will get you to the other side. And when you're shipwrecked, and um, look for opportunities to serve. Look for opportunities to be generous with his word and with your love and with action. Serve where you are on your way to where you're going. Serve where you are on the way to where you're going. Paul was on his way to Rome. He was a prisoner. He was shackled. But he knew God's words were true. And even though he ultimately makes it to Rome, he planted godly seeds along the way. He's looking for opportunities along the way. He looked for godly moments to share, to give, to serve. While the end result was he's heading to Rome. Paul didn't miss the God moments along the way. The journey where you're going is just as important in many ways as the end result. The journey is maturing you. The journey is preparing you. The journey is revealing things to you about God, preparing you for the destination, but there's so many activities that are happening along the way. Don't miss that, church. We're missing that in so many ways. You might want to go somewhere else. You might want to live somewhere else. Go even to another church, and I, don't want, I want more people in. I don't want you to go anywhere else. We love you. We want you to stay, but that's not the point. Don't miss God in these opportunities while you're waiting, while you're preparing, while you're serving, while you're dreaming, while you're getting prepared for your next steps. I always teach serve where you are. Serve where you are. Serve wherever you go, right? Serve as you go and serve wherever you go. Save people, serve people. But they must trust and be obedient to God's word first and foremost. Everyone on that ship was saved. I don't know how many were converted, but everyone was saved because they saw the power of God released in Paul. They saw the power of God released in his testimony. They saw his life testimony. The Lord can take obstacles and trials and give you the victory. Model Christ in your life every day of your life. Do what's right. Regardless if Paul was enslaved or not, he stayed true to God. Everyone on the ship was saved, but get this, everyone on the island was healed. Wow. The Lord gives the victory. Paul worked and operated in the power of God. Now, you might not be a Paul, but you can work and operate in the power of God. Don't make excuses why you can't do something if God has called you to it. Stop making excuses, church. God said it, believe it, obey it. Obey it for his next steps, and he will guide you and always uh, be faithful to you. But you need to be faithful to God as well to his word and ways. When God calls you, start preparing. Start getting ready. Get ready, church. And I'm telling you, 
Get ready for the next season of this church. Get ready for the next season of your life. But we will be going through some trials and storms. Push through it. May faith arise in you as well. When God calls you, start preparing. Don't let people um, press you to go ahead of God before time. Don't let, let, don't let their vision for your vision derail you and misdirect you either. I see this all the time with our students. They're under so much pressure to do the next thing. Where to go to school, right? What career path should I take? Who should I marry? And that might make sense at some level, right? But I say, where is God in the planning? Where is the pause, pray, and ask God for the next steps? Where is the pause, pray, and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do next? Where is it that you want me to go next? What is it that you want me to do next? Lord, what is it that you want me to hear and know and learn from you? Even in our struggles and our worries and our obstacles and trials, we need to have a God lens. And when you have a God lens, you start focusing on opportunities instead of obstacles. I want you to get that. As we start putting on our God thinking and our God lens, being led by the Holy Spirit, we start seeing opportunities instead of obstacles and problems and I can't do it. And it starts turning to I can do it because God said so and we can do it. You start seeing things in a very different way. Even the mundane things start looking glorious. God's always speaking to us, but are we listening? There's times that man's gonna place obstacles in your path. Understand that. Even if they're not by your design, it's okay. We serve a mighty God who's not caught off God by society and the markets and what's happening. You, you might be caught off God. I might be caught off guard, but not God. Trust him, speak to him, wait in his presence, Ask him for help and to reveal the next steps. And I encourage you to even do this right now as we close. We are not to deny the existence of problems and obstacles in our life. Don't deny it. We will have problems and obstacles. Jesus says you will have trouble, but recognize and realize it's through Jesus Christ that we have the victory. And that should lead us to worship. That should lead us to being grateful. That should rise faith in the saints of God. Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus has removed the sting of death. Jesus is the victor. He's our father. That makes us the victor too. Jesus is the great healer. Jesus is the life changer. And he's the one who's gonna bring us through the storms as we remain faithful to him. Would you stand with me, church? And let's pause and pray and take a moment to speak to God. These altars are open for a few more moments. Let's learn to wait in his presence. Regardless of what obstacles that you might be going through today or this week or this year, trust God and, and pause long enough in his presence to listen to his words and hear his voice. And do this regularly, church. Do this regularly. Make, make this part of your everyday journey. Wherever you are, whatever you do, hear from God. Pause in his presence. Linger a little bit longer. And then take obedient steps of, of faith in the direction he tells you to go. And I promise you that lives are going to be touched and souls are going to come into the kingdom of God. And you will find joy and happiness that leads to worship. And you will be victorious in the end. Come on, church. Stop moving around. Stop praying. Stop worshiping the Lord. Let's lead us in this song.
Oh, we can be in another, another realm walking and believing that God is going to be in the miraculous business. And I'd rather be in the miraculous business. Now, we don't control that, but we control how we respond to the Lord. And he wants us to start exercising our, our faith and our God-given rights before the King of Kings. Start praying for yourself and your family and your friends. And I believe miracles are going to start happening more than they already are happening. Because we know testimonies, we know the miracles. Wednesday's part of it. Small groups hopefully are going to continue to merge as the years go along. But we have to remain faithful to the, to the church, to Christ, and to what he's doing. And I believe the community of God is going to be affected. And it's time for this church to rise up. And I believe it's going to affect more than just Hamburg. It's going to affect this whole general area. You know, I keep saying it. 45 minutes around this church is our stomping ground for sure. But we are also going into the highways and byways and around the world. Just look at our board in the back. We're helping missionaries all around the world. You're helping the missionaries through your faithful giving. Amen. Through your faithful giving. The ministry and the word is going out. Schools are taking place. Orphanages are being helped. There's just so much stuff happening because, because of your faithfulness, your goodness, and your generosity. And so we don't always take offering here. We got boxes in the back. Just keep, keep that in mind that this church believes in the tithe and the offerings. Several people have been asking me, hey, you don't collect the offering? Yes, we do. We just don't focus on it. But it's a form of worship. When you're not giving regularly, when you're not tithing regularly, when you're not being generous to the kingdom of God, you're holding back funds and you're creating other obstacles along the way. But we don't focus on that as much as many other churches because I believe as we rise up and do what God wants us to do, these other obstacles just go away. And it's not just about finances. It affects all your areas of your life where your treasure is, where your heart is. That gets exposed. All right, enough said for today. God, be with you and bless you. Father God, be with this church people and those that are listening from afar, oh God. Even if they're out of this country, God, we know the word is going out. We know the worship has gone up. We know that the witness is being, being done, oh God. You are faithful. You are good. You are mighty. And we are victorious in you because you have conquered the cross and the grave. And anyone and everyone who puts that trust in you and, and you alone will be saved. Bless all that's said and done today. In Jesus' name, amen. Greet somebody. We love you, church. God bless you.